Well, hey there, and what's up? What's happening? Welcome to another episode of Say Something Interesting, the follow-up podcast from East Lake Tri Cities in Eastern Washington. My name is Brent. With me, as always, is Margot. Hey, guys. And uh, we are excited to be coming at you today because it's the conclusion of a fun series that we're doing. Uh, we just had a staff game night the other night, which is which was a ton of fun, and we might, we might talk about a few issues at that. Uh, and then Kylie and I are uh, adventuring uh, out this week. So just a lot of things happening, but we are excited that you took time out of your week uh, to listen to this. Hopefully this is a, a fun little half hour for you, and uh, hopefully we can say some things that are interesting for you. How are you, Margo? Doing good. Yeah? Good weekend? Yeah, you went and visited the uh, coffee shop I talked about the other... Did I talk about it on the podcast? Yeah, you did. Before? Okay, 10 Ton Coffee in Waitsburg. Uh, which, I went. Which, I checked his sources. Yeah. Wait, was it valid? Did it work it out? It was cool. It was a cute little I town. I asked Matt and... if you had lunch there, and he said, no, just coffee. So good. next time, it's got to be lunch, because they have like really good sandwiches and stuff. But We had pastry. Okay, no, that's good. Yeah. Uh, there's really other no other reason to, uh, to go through Waitsburg. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening from Waitsburg. You have a great, cute little old town. Um, but, uh, there's just not a lot there, but there is weirdly a really fun coffee shop. There is. And uh, cool, like, cast iron statues on the sidewalk. I saw and... a couple pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is great. And apparently they have the internet there because you were, uh, posting some stuff about doing some, uh, job application stuff there. Or yeah. It's like, well, we could do this at home, but. Why not do it in cool Waitsburg? Yes. Did you go to Lot Nepper, the, the brewery down the, down the road? There's no, a little, uh, there's no. a little brewer thing too. We had, we had to get back either. and get some other stuff done. Oh, okay. So it was just a, I'd say short, but still an hour drive. It was just a. Got to get back. Got to prepare for our D and D night over at the Koopman's house. <laughs> that was Saturday. <laughs> oh, okay. This is recovery from oh, the D. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, good. Excellent. Uh, I'm trying to think if we did anything fun this weekend. Uh, I don't know. You didn't go to any games. No football games. I watched a few. Now, Kylie and I leave for a little uh, Hawaii vacation uh, tomorrow. So we were just kind of like, I don't know, thinking of ducking around not, the house and not, not doing spell, much. Not spend the money. Try before. not to spend money. <laughs> exactly. That's how it is. Uh, Struggles so, real. Anyways, it, it's all good. But uh, we also just finished up our flipping tables series, uh, week four of that sucker. And, uh, it's good. It's in the books, man. We did an Old Testament exegetical teaching series, Margo. I got, I, that is I, something we did, for we your resume. That is something, man. And hopefully it was at least mildly interesting. I felt like as I was going through like the chiastic formula, which I don't know if all it's I all geeked out about that because I like remember. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, so good. But you're like, you, you, you read it and it. It fills the pages of commentary. Like when when I when you and I read commentaries, which are like like these books that are about the Bible or whatever, and, and different authors and different theologians, and here's their takes on it. Um, anytime you're in Old Testament stuff, there are chiasms like all over the place because that was just such a common thing for them. And so they make up a huge percentage or a, a significant amount of material in a commentary. So it feels weird not to include it in a message. But then as soon as I, so as I'm writing it, I'm thinking people are going to love it. I'll be honest, as I'm delivering it, I'm like, got to get through this fast. Quick, 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 quick. I got to, I got to get to that beautiful boy trailer as soon as possible. <laughs> And now a media break. Yeah. <laughs> now oh a word gosh. from your sponsors. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, it was good. So had you seen that trailer before for the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I cannot wait. It was like a Steve Carell day yesterday. Did just, you notice that? I struggle with sad stuff. Yeah. Like, um, like the world is already sad place. Right. I don't need to pay money to go get more sad. Sad. Yeah. But and then there's also. Like uh, sensitivity within me, just because working with people in addiction for so many years, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. 
I've watched that reality and, and like dealing with their family and what do I do and being like there's very little you can do <laughs> and um I don't know like I, like I'm sure I would see go to see it and I'd be able to connect with it and find value in it but at the same time it's like man I've already lived that narrative or sure. walked with people through that narrative so many times that I don't I'm it's not something I'm, I don't think I'll pay it in theaters to see it'll probably be a I'm feeling mopey and have ice cream. Let's watch this on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting because uh, I had not, uh, I, I'd seen the trailer. It came out in a, 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 like an email blast newsletter thing that I and I watched called Sectional Healing from Knox McCoy. You should check it out. Uh, get it, yeah, see what he did. I, I do. Uh, okay. Uh, so he included this link and then uh, I watched the, the clip and I forwarded it to Kyla. I was like, this is going to be one of our, like we're going to like this movie. This is kind of our style. We like these, uh, these ones. And, and we like Steve Carell too. Um, and then we were, I was at Costco and saw the book and I picked it up because I was like, I, I need to know, I wanted to have insight into this world a little bit more because unlike you, I've not worked in your city ministry and I don't have, um, I don't have family members who I've watched go through the, I mean, I've talked to, I've counseled people who are like in the midst of it, but I've, it's, it's different when it's like your kid and you've watched like the potential go away do you know what i mean like they had so much and then the long journey of the lies that you didn't know were lies and then the lies that you're pretty sure were lies and that it's just confirmed and and this this degenerative progression completely down and you know downward spiral and then you're not sure like what's on the other side of things so because like on sunday we heard the story from betsy um, she, she had her baptism video and talked about her background with addiction and coming out of, and, and part of NA and how that's kind of saved her life. And so a lot of times the stories that I get to be a part of are, this is when I was, you know, I, I was this way and now I've been on this side of things. And so it can make it feel sometimes like, um, I don't know what the percentages, I, I would probably feel that the percentages of recovery are higher than actual experience. Does that make sense? Because people who are yeah. still caught in that are probably not like like I'm I'm thinking just in, within my family, uh, I I have three family members that I know that have struggled with drug addiction and two of them died. So it's like the statistics probably aren't as much in favor as we'd like to think because it's really easy to tell your victory story and a lot harder to tell your For sure. reality. Yeah, so. right, and that's that's part of it. So. So the book was written by a guy who's an actual like author, writer, journalist type guy. Um, I think his last name is Chef. David Chef sounds right, but I don't have it on me. So anywho, um, and uh, it, it follows his son. His, his wife and him split uh, at at, uh, at a pretty young age for his son, and, and they're you know they do the whole cross, cross country. You spend summers with me and or summers with mom back on the on the west coast of California and east coast with me during the school year and. I mean, just kind of like the mess that that kind of the instability that provided, and, and the, the dad's going, the dad's wrestling with grief over how much Guilt, did my yeah. decisions with the, my inability to resolve things with my ex-wife affect now my son, right? Um, and so he's got massive guilt stuff and, all, and and trying to help and doing those. But but the crazy thing is when you when you read it like. The kid had a um, a very well-to-do childhood. Both parents 
had a lot of money. I mean, money. to be able to shuttle sp- your kid back and forth, that's spendy. He had like more frequent flyer miles than most adults do. He went to like this progressive school in San Francisco that's like, you know, all kinds of, they had this and that and the other thing and all parents who were super involved with their kids' lives and, you know, and I mean, not perfect, definitely, but but not like broken uh, that most people would be like, okay, that's probably going to Parents were direction. users. Yes. And, yeah, yeah exactly. Nothing like that. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's the hard part for this guy as he's writing this is kind of like, like a cathartic, I'm doing this as an outlet for me and makes mention right up front. Like we're not like through the, the thick and the thin of this thing. Like my son is doing okay. He's doing better now, but like, this is not, this is not, the story has not been written. He's not like happily married with four kids in a, on a Honda Odyssey van. You know what I mean? Um, so he mentions that his son gets involved with, uh, you know, pot early on. He's like, eh, kids are kids, blah, 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 blah. And then it kind of progresses. And then uh, he mentions that, and I'm, I don't want to ruin the, the story. You should still watch the movie anyways, but um, gets into meth. And the, the kid talks about how all the other drugs were like, fine. I could take or miss. And then when I had the meth, it was like, game over. This is my my drug of choice, essentially. And I did not realize some of the statistics surrounding that. And I don't have the book in front of me, but um, and the, the, the point of it was not like, you know, clinical research type thing, but he began to walk through some of the addictions. Like we, we downplay, we think of meth as one of many different type of chemical substances and, and things. He's like, it's like the worst of the worst, man. It is insanely addictive. And the stuff that it does, it... It's not a, if you do it enough, you'll get addicted to it. It's a, you don't even know what one, one take will do on this stuff and yeah. how it it's changes. Like everyone knows that I think about heroin and people just forget that meth is right up there in the <laughs> running and, Dude, and when you more think accessible. Crack, you know, crack cocaine, meth, meth, heroin. It feels like, you know, six, half dozen, the other, whatever. And it's like, he, he's basically saying, I'm not saying this because my son was addicted. I'm just telling you, like, when you look at the stuff on this, the numbers on this, it is it is crazy, crazy, crazy. And so um, he then began to seek out uh, rehab centers for people who focused with meth stuff and talked about, you know, going to, uh, I mean, money's no object, that kind of thing, well-to-do, we'll send you to wherever. And just the numbers of what they are saying their success rate is, is not great. And the actual, <laughs> actuality, actual, uh, actual success rate is oftentimes less than what they sell on their brochures because they're trying to get, I mean, they're marketing their services, right? So obviously yeah. we're going to be like, yeah, it's this, 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 this. And he's like, the numbers that they're marketing are not great. Mm-hmm. And so the actual numbers are even less than that. He's like, we're talking like single digits percentage wise for like full recovery from this stuff, which is crazy. It's yeah. so I will say crazy. My little promo here. Yeah. Uh, working with the Salvation Army, our rehabs are called ARCs, Adult Rehabilitation Centers, and they have uh, men's and they have women's uh, all throughout the country. Uh, but that's usually what your thrift store sales go to is to keep those running because the rehabs that they run are completely without cost to the rehabbie. So they get room, they get bored, they get uh, drug counseling, detoxing, yeah. um, job training. Uh, oftentimes they put them to work in the stores to kind of be like, let's build some job skills. Let's see like what it's like to live with 
uh, recovery and still be in the workforce and all yeah. these things. Um, and I think the last report that we had is that we had a 42% recovery rate, which is was actually head and shoulders above a lot of places in the country. So yeah. if you know anyone yeah. that is that could need that and is hampered by financial issues, yeah. uh, look up your local ARC. Yeah, I and I think uh, I do... Like I showed the movie trailer clip on Sunday and I said, you know, I get a dollar every time somebody goes to the movie. Obviously joking. <laughs> um, I do think you should go. Everybody should see it. Maybe not in theaters, like you said, because depending on your background and how close it hits the home, it might be something like I need the privacy of my own house. Please. Thank you. Um, totally get that. Um, but for two reasons. One, the, the idea of a lament. I mean, that's the point of it. Like I'm trying we're starting these new theology and film things here at East Lake um, starting this fall. And we're going to watch a movie and then talk about it afterwards. And I want this to be on the list of one of the things that we talk about because I want to go the angle of what does it mean to lament? What does it mean to question why, to voice out why is this happening? And it's out of my control. Like I can't, I can't do everything to control it. There are things that are, uh, the circumstances don't, you know, it's not up to me. Uh, and yet I can still have emotional feelings and drives for or against this kind of stuff. Um, that, but then also empathy for I think what you learn through this, through at least through I'm um, halfway through the book and and through the movie that you get is this dad trying to, he's lamenting, why are you doing this to yourself, and then but also like humanizing the addict and saying, like I can I see some of the pathways of these decisions and I'm trying to you know I'm ah, yeah anyways it it's hard if you if you don't have personal experience and you just see like drug users to you are the people that are panhandling on the street corners and yeah. um i don't know like it, we <laughs> we insulate ourselves from it and i think that's kind of um uh like an animal response to like i don't know how to feel about it i can't connect with it and it makes me uncomfortable using drugs is wrong right i went through the dare program i knew that so yeah. i'm just gonna distance myself from connecting with you in any way um and i feel like to a certain extent that's okay uh but to another extent that when we when we look in when we lean in um i think we are doing society a benefit because these become people uh not that the decisions that they've made are good or okay but then we can when we see people as people i feel like the the way that we treat them and the way that we want to help them through this changes a little bit yeah and you get the emotions of a dad with his kid right yeah. the kid who you've invested 18 years of your life into not to mention how much financial resources or whatever just but like like this is this is my these are these are my genes this is me you know what i mean and he's He's going, what could, he's replaying in his mind, what could I have done different? What could I have done different? Just understanding we don't have control. Like, right. Like, I like to tell my husband when he hears our neighbor kid <laughs> banging, kicking on the walls yeah. when he's in timeout. I'm like, here's the great thing, babe. When you have a kid, you don't have control. You don't have the yeah. control that you think you, you can do your best by something. And eventually, life can happen. And how, how are you going to prepare yourself to be? the best parent you can be with this autonomous person. Yeah. And the autonomy, like you cannot be, you cannot make their decisions for them and you can't be around them 24 hours a day. You can't know that you can do that for a period of time, right? You can get 24 hour surveillance coverage or, you know, they're going to be in, in some sort of a There's rehab a black center. mirror episode on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, but uh, at some point that begins to fall, fall down and, and they, they are going to have to choose for themselves what what are they gonna do um so yeah it's it's so tough even even man this is kind of hitting close to home a little bit too but i don't know if you know heard the story over the weekend but a yakima county judge 
um, uh, drove to the bridge over the 182 bridge and was kind of sitting there and scratching his head and people saw like, I think he might be jumping or whatever. And, uh, which if you're not from, from here, it's this like, I don't know how tall it is. 300 feet in the air. It's, 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 a, it's bigger than you think. Um, on, on your way on the other side of Yakima. It's like a can't, it's towards, like goes over a canyon pretty much. Over. Yeah. And, uh, so they called the cops and the cops show up and they're, they're standing there talking to him and they ask this, a, a judge, like a, like a, a well-educated. Oh yeah. 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 Crazy. Um, Hey man, what are you doing? You know? And his response, it was on the front page of the paper was, uh, I'm just trying to figure out if I want to live or not. Right. And just a terrible, um, terrible situation. And the, and the cops are like, they understand, like we could probably tase him right now and keep him alive for now. Right. But how do you manage like talking through him? Like they have like a 10 minute conversation where in those 10 minutes he could have still done something drastic but knowing that what we can do is just limited to this we can try and help him see you know if you had a bad day can we talk about depression can we talk about is there any sort of medications that we're not on you know are you think are you thinking right you know trying to see see longer than just the short distance now and it ended up he got in the car and, and is seeing some help and they've got a whole system set up for judges who work in a job where i mean i can't even imagine i mean well I, no i mean it I can't imagine in, in in a at least uh relative term probably a lot less cuz there's a lot less legal stuff involved but if pastors are put on these pedestals of what do you do when when life's not great how how do you uh are, are you is there an avenue for you to show weakness and you know d- depression or a disappointment and all that kind of stuff it's really hard cuz you don't want it to reflect on right? god couple, like like a month ago I, we talked about that yeah. pastor in California who had him like if god is everything then why like i can't tell people that i'm struggling with this thing because then it belittles god or it belittles my faith or he has a panic attack and his wife is pleading with him to get checked into a hospital he refuses 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 finally agrees and wears like a hoodie and uh sunglasses and just because he doesn't want people in his church to see him going through all this kind of stuff you know what i mean and this judge is the same way he's like so, anyways, man, it's tough, dude. It's really, really be kind to people. Yeah, you don't know what they're. Yep, they're this is walking a, this through. This is a really depressing podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. We should like have a disclaimer on this one because you were usually like, "Hey, what'd you eat this weekend?" You know what I mean? And uh, it's a little. But that's life, so. though. I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, it is. And I think it's, uh, I think it's a really great follow up from a topic that we talked about on Sunday, which is lament, which is the dark side of life. It is the heavy seasons. The this is the valleys of life that if you if 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 all we ever talked about as a church are the peaks um and never went through the valleys then i just don't think you would stay long you know what i mean it like it's not yeah. real life that's not real life if god only covers the the highlight reel yep. then what do you do with the real, the not highlight reel <laughs> yep yep uh and it can feel awkward, especially when maybe in your life you're currently experiencing a peak. And Brent talks about a valley on Sunday. Like, oh, should I? Should I um, not be in the same content? way that it, when we talk about peaks at church and you're going through a valley? It's like I would love to be a better dad or husband or wife or whatever for my family and my kids. Or but we can't get pregnant or you know my yeah, exactly. my wife left me or yeah. Could you please talk about some of the circumstances that don't affect a nuclear family of four with the Honda Odyssey in it? 
you mm-hmm. dog, you know. Or stop stop saying that a nuclear family of four is the best thing because we're struggling. And totally, right. I'm still, you know, lonely in my marriage and my kids are, you know, yeah. hurting my, hurting us and yeah. we don't know how to fix it. Yep, 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 yep. So there you go. That's uh, anything else that was said on Sunday or, or or even just this series that stood out to you that felt like deserved more time or context? Uh, I liked your conclusion about uh, MLK chiming into MLK. Well, yeah. no, no, even after that, uh, how you talked about um, like the political side of things. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I could tie this series into specific things that are going on, but the better thing to do is to understand that there's a root to all these issues or not that these things aren't big and significant, but there will always be something all new time sensitive and, and they are going to go bad or sour or, you know, it's a year from now we might not be talking about this. So that would be a waste of, hopefully we're not, not to be like super, Keep the depressing train running. But a good example is I saw today that today marks the one-year anniversary of the Las Vegas shooting at that concert. Really? I'm like, it's already been a year? A year. But that's like, that's this is an example of like, this is something that is still like, it doesn't diminish the importance or the the brevity of that situation. Yeah. But like, life is going to keep chugging on. And yeah. There's that gonna, feels like three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's going to be things that are going to continually arise. And how do we... How do we position ourselves personally to be proponents of justice uh, that isn't just for one one fight or one season, but for all seasons? I mean, it's the same principle of the whole uh, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, and you fish for a lifetime. But you do have to give him a fishing pole, right? Um, uh, it, that's, Here's your fishing pole. That's the idea of I'm teaching you how to th- hopefully, teaching myself and teaching all of us how to think properly about injustice, and, and which which... The highlight for Amos was don't be so blinded to certain indicators to think that you're all right. Like, take a real hard look at what you've come to accept as socially acceptable and make sure that those line up with the sort of justice that he want, God wants us to live, live uniquely. And we, the church is the new Israel. So, like, I want you to do things differently than what is being done elsewhere so that people see the way you live and want to do want to know more about me as a result of that so yeah it's good i like it i like it. it's a fun series it does feel good to kind of have that a little bit behind us in terms of um just the exegetical and old testament (sighs) exhale yeah i'm like getting excited about a new series it's going to be a little bit more upbeat and fun so and we had an f- exciting weekend this weekend hearing from the Margot herself. This is, uh, what was the title that you, you decided uh, to If go Nothing with? Else. If Nothing Else. So if you are in town, come come cheer her on. I will be watching from Nest Camp. We have exciting weeks for the, because I have three more Sundays. Yeah, three more Sundays. So this Sunday is my last speaking. Yep. The following Sunday is my last uh, on the worship team. Okay. And then the third Sunday of that is my last in the, building for yeah. probably a good chunk of time <laughs> uh and uh our we're doing like a little uh party party Oopla. yeah party of sorts on that sunday evening uh more details to come on that but just know that block off the 21st and uh, we'll have it there so yeah um good all right let's talk about our something interestings we're getting into it a little early today not bad. <laughs> we got we got to let it off the hook. We, yeah, it's been heavy. We have been you know, we have been a little heavy lately. So good. All right. Uh, what do you got for us? Something interesting that you found? Uh, this is one of those things. If you haven't heard about it, 
I just want to make sure that you know about it. And there's uh, there's a Twitter account, there's Reddit threads, but you just need to go into your Google and type in modern Seinfeld, like the show, because me and Brian were talking before the podcast started. I feel like fall and Christmas is a time of nostalgia. Yeah, for sure. Like fall is like general memories, and then Christmas is obviously like all your holiday memories. But, uh, you know, me and Matt, Matt never seen Seinfeld before we started dating, so we went through all of Seinfeld. I don't know how he made it past... Or The Office, or, you know... The, like, hey, what's your name? How did he make it past that stage? If, if you're, like, dropping these Seinfeld references, and he's like, oh, I've never watched that. Just I would feel like that's a head. huge red flag. <laughs> I'd be like, how did, wait, how did you miss this whole, like, cultural moment? I don't I don't know, but yeah. I, I still love him, so... Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Uh, but it's just He's great. He's making up for it now, too. Because so I, mi- like, I miss the show. I miss, like, we're always like, oh, stuff on TV today. You know, you kind of, you just wish you could find more episodes of Boy Meets World or Friends or, you know, like, the it's, dream is over and it makes so you a little sad. It's so rewatchable. I, I feel like if the show came on tomorrow, I'd, I'd love it. I'd tune in. I would, uh, if, if Seinfeld came on. And essentially Seinfeld was a commentary on society at that exact moment. So some of it is like not relevant anymore, like dealing with an answering, like the fact that an answering machine is like a heavy plot in several episodes, right? like they, like that episode wouldn't work anymore. And so, but but you know that there would be so many, like, can you imagine a Seinfeld social commentary on today's world with Snapchat and Instagram? I mean, <laughs> all of the things. We need to make light of some more <sighs> I watched SNL social on Saturday, on Saturday. Well, we watched it as an SNL premiere. And they've always tried to be like a social commentary on what's going on. It's just not good right now, Margo. Yeah, it's in a slump. I feel like a lot of their best talent has moved on to uh, to be better. So it feels like Kate McKinnon and then like everybody else. And I'm just I'm just <laughs> yeah. not into it. Yes, I would agree. But anyways, modern Seinfeld. Um a lot of these are taken from the Twitter account, Modern, which is at Seinfeld Today, uh, but their name is still Modern Seinfeld. And uh, here's some examples, and these are probably not going to mean anything to you if you don't understand the personalities of the characters. So I'm so sorry. Bear with me. Uh, this is one I shared uh, before the podcast recorded with Brent. Jerry's girlfriend dumps him for not wishing her a happy birthday on her Facebook. Jerry, I said it to her face, Elaine, but her friends can't see that and get jealous. <laughs> so true. Uh, this is one of my favorite ones. Jerry gets paranoid about his girlfriend's past when her iPhone automatically connects to the Wi-Fi at Newman's apartment. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> like, what is the explanation for that? That makes, yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot of these are Jerry's, and I'm trying to find one that's not Jerry. Uh... When Jerry's girlfriend says he's no fun, he starts using emojis constantly. <laughs> she dumps him. Jerry, I was being fun. Elaine, emoji guy is not fun. He's sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an emoji user, so I'll try not to take that too personally. Uh, when a website claims Jerry is dead, he's annoyed people aren't more upset. It turns out Newman runs a website that spreads death hoaxes. <laughs> I can just picture Newman doing that. All right. Um, let's see. Here's here's a, a George one because I love anything with George Costanza. When George's ex changes her HBO Go password, George tries to reconcile with her just long enough oh, to get the new totally. one. Totally, <laughs> that's hilarious. Totally see George doing that. That's and then great. one last George one. George promises not to watch House of Cards without his girlfriend, but he can't help himself. She dumps him when he badly pretends to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I Modern love Seinfeld. If you need some levity for Super your day, 
It's good stuff. Yeah. Have you watched A Good Place? Do you watch A Good Place? I've heard no. s- I've heard some good things about it lately. It, like just like, the premise is... of it doesn't yeah, draw me in. Yeah, I know. In, the so... same thing with like the God Friend of Me one. I'm like, wah, wah. I mean, like I'm a pastor. I should be like, I should be your target audience. But I'm like, I just think it's cheesy, man. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, speaking of nostalgia and old classic shows on Netflix and Hulu and all that good stuff, I heard a rumor that they are pulling The Office off of Netflix. Good thing I still have my I know. season one through four DVD uh, I collection. Tot- I totally have the DVDs too. <laughs> but that's going to be a little extra work for me. And I, I don't know how I feel about it because there's definitely been some times where we are looking for like a show and we're like, let's just, let's just roll with the office. Let's just do that. And it works. So I, don't I think know. they're just realizing that that is a cash cow. I, like I, I wonder if how many streams are at Netflix at any given time. The Office. And like, if I it's wonder. not true, Amanda Stickles to blame. Just so you know, she's the one that told me we had a bir- surprise birthday dinner. Amanda, thing for why are you trying Jenny to Bolder. ruin our lives? Yeah. Well, yeah, she's like, I don't know what we're gonna do with our kids. Um, I was like, I'll sell you DVDs for a hundred dollars. <laughs> All right. Um, so mine has to do with TV as well. My wife and I, um. We were st- we've been yeah struggling again like TV st- stuff right now just been it feels like a slow slump area. We're just waiting just, for a bunch of stuff to kick off. I don't know what I'm waiting off. for. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, so we we decided we saw some advertisements come out for Survivor. Now, do you want to guess what season we are currently on for Survivor? It's gotta be like twenty something. No, higher. No, really? Yeah. Gosh, I remember watching that in my old childhood house. Yeah. So, now 30? Keep, in, keep in mind they've done more than one per year. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I'm like, that isn't. Yeah. Okay, so thirty something. Yeah, thirty eight. Survivor. How do they still have like a million dollars to give out? <laughs> Are you kidding me? They make so much money on that stupid thing. I just think it's like the cost of inflation. Like they were giving out a million dollars when and I was in high still school, a million dollars. and it's still a million dollars. Which I guess now people would be like. I mean, that'd after be really taxes, nice. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snotty, just like, <laughs> come on, can't we bust that up a little bit? Um, so we, uh, we well, watched... they've also made like season one. They didn't give them anything, and the following seasons, they're like, okay, we need to give them like plain rice and a pot. Like they, they, oh, yeah, they yeah, added. Yeah. I some... see what you're saying. I thought you meant money. I was like, no, it was a million dollars. But yeah, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, so. So season 38, season premiere was this last Wednesday. It's on CBS on Wednesday nights, but obviously it's on Hulu, whatever, right? That's how we watch it. Anyways, uh, it's called David and Goliath. It's a bunch of people who feel like David's in life, like they've always been the underdogs. They've always, uh, yeah. Anyway, and then the Goliaths, these are like the the self-made entrepreneurs and, and bodybuilders <laughs> The cast and for The Apprentice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, so you're looking at it and and... Uh, it'll be, yeah, I don't know. There's a couple nerdy Davids that you're like, I don't know if they're acting or if that's just the real life. Like, we'll <laughs> see. But um, who do you think won the first challenge? It was yeah, well, a physical the challenge. Physical challenge yeah. and the Goliath. Yeah, Goliath won pretty badly. It was like, <laughs> all right, I think as a producer, you're probably looking at this going, we got to change some things up because this is, we're going to have to do a bunch more puzzles. <laughs> who can fix this computer the fastest? <laughs> Um, cause I don't know what we're going to do. Otherwise it's just going to be who can like build their own two, Wi-Fi router two tribe, like a two person tribe of David or something like that. I've seen seasons where it was super uneven though. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they combine it into one tribe, then it's like, that's the They're like, we're combining early. Yeah, You're exactly. like, Oh, okay. We're combining some week four. <laughs> um, so, 
so Goliath's win. I'm just I'm providing. I, I want to offer a little critique for it. All right, just real quick. Because the know producers if Jeff listening. listening. <laughs> so Goliath's win, and what they win is flint to be able to make a fire, Ooh. which is the big. I mean, that's like the. I get it, man. They froze their butts off for the first three nights. You can see them teeth shattering, shivering. So fire's a big deal. Um, so the Goliaths win on their boat raid. Boat ride back to their camping site or whatever. Um, like you know how boats sometimes will hit a wave and just boom. I mean, I've been in a boat before where it's just like wow, it's like slamming this thing. One of the one of the guys, the bigger guys, gets hurt. Like slips a disc in his back, and they they're on the beach, and he's like struggling to like breathe they got like a heart rate thing i mean they made it look like call his family because this could be the i mean i don't know it was it was crazy and all the other david people are like freaking out right and jeff comes off running and he's trying to manage it as like a show still and the doctor and he's going so is he gonna be able to keep going the doctor goes uh no we need to get him to a hospital (laughs) i mean like and he's like oh no i can't leave i don't want to leave like this like you know and it's like emotional man the guy probably this is like the highlight of his life dude chance to win a million bucks be on television the first stinking day you know it's like the third day but the first show you got to go out like this and it was really sad so here's my critique on it um he he gets pulled. They bring in a helicopter. They fly him out. And Jeff goes over to the the, the the rest of the David team and does some, like, little counseling with them. Like, well, you know, how are you guys feeling about this? Everybody okay emotionally, that kind of thing? And he's, he's talking them through this. And he goes, it's been so rough for you guys, too. We're going to have some flint back at your campsite. No, Margo. You're so competitive. I'm so competitive. <laughs> he's like, he wouldn't know. Like, the, the guy that hurt his back would not want it that the, way. The Enneagram. No, exactly. If I'm going to win this, I want to win this straight up. The Enneagram 3 in me, the competitive side, was like, that's BS, dude. No, 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 no. You can have some sympathy for him. You can be like, hey, man, that was really rough. You guys, um, I, you know, kudos to you for bucking up and, and make this thing happen. Uh, but, yeah, no, the, you're not having a fire tonight. No, that's not. So I am going to rain on your parade a tiny bit. All right. When I was working in Guatemala, yeah. we went to, to call and hired this local tour guide to take us through the rainforest because he had machetes and we didn't. And so <laughs> yeah. important when it's like the world's highest concentration of jaguars in like one area. <sighs> and, you know, Pass. red howler monkeys that'll pull you up into trees and disembowel you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So we're talking with this guy. He was really cool. And he worked on Survivor when it was in, in Guatemala. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to hear some stuff that's not good. huh? Tell us like, tell us oh, like, what's the tea, right? That's the new. And he's like, yeah, it's not. It's not so bad. He's like, we got we go through a lot of like liquid bandages. He's like, we have aspirin on hand for the contestants. I'm like, you have aspirin? Yeah. I like go about my grocery shop and be like, man, I wish I had some aspirin. And you're telling me if I'm on Survivor on a foreign beach, I could just snap my you fingers. Just snap your fingers. And the PA is gonna come over. With what you some want, time. Valium? We got Valium. <laughs> but he said there was like a lot. Like, I mean, like people feel like. They show them like solo and isolated. He's like, you have a crew of like fifty people around yeah. this camp in a tra- in a trailer with a generator that they're trying to muffle the noise. That's hilarious. So. Cut the generator, we're filming. <laughs> so yeah, he said it's no, not I, it's not as brutal as you may anticipate it to be. Yeah, I I wouldn't think it it would be, but and they and they like force him to go out and kill small animals and eat their food you know eat them as food or whatever and you're like yeah but that's for show like you guys are getting there's other stuff going on <laughs> you're getting snuck yeah. some like astronaut pouch of something or other <laughs> <Yeah>. here's pot roast in little dip and dot format yuck 
All right. I think that'll do it. Oh, so so the, the bottom line of Say Something Interesting is Survivor's back, guys. And it's on Wednesdays. And if you want to talk about it, then watch it and then we can talk about it. But <laughs> Friends if you don't looking want for to, somebody. Yeah, there's not a lot of people. We used to have like Survivor watching parties that kind of has fizzled. Like that was a long time ago when they were, when it was like the show. And it's still, a, I think it's still a cool social commentary on like the dramas and the, the alliances and all that kind of stuff. But, but I can get it. If you're, if you're over it and done, I get it. I get that too. So. All right. Well, I'm off. We're out. Tomorrow we fly off to Hawaii. And uh, Margo, you'll be uh, doing the podcast. Probably not solo. I mean, you'll probably find a little guest to come do it with you next week. Sure. I'm back on Wednesday, but you'll probably want to record before that. So I'll find someone. Yeah. Yeah. Make it work. Do it. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for listening. Have a great week. And uh, we'll catch you next time on Say Something Interesting. Peace. Peace.